Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of cannabis and hemp through the eyes of the entrepreneurs, educators, and change makers who are pushing this industry forward. I invite you right now to like and share this content. Make sure that you tag somebody that you believe is going to receive benefit from hearing content just like this. As you know, it is our mission to empower you with the truth so that you can make educated decisions about how you care for yourself, the people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from, or otherwise caring for this beautiful gift of life. So if you're someone who is looking for products or information that you can easily digest or depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding business owner or entrepreneur in this space and you would like to share your story, shoot me an email, sonia at medicalsecrets.com, and I'll be excited to connect with you. Once again, you guys can thank me now or later, whenever you choose to do so. I have pulled an incredible entrepreneur and change makers out of the woodwork. We're going to be serving him up today, giving him an opportunity to share how he is making his impact in the world. Trey Reckling is originally from Savannah, Georgia and has 15 years experience in higher education. He has specialized in conflict resolution and helping prepare students for careers after they graduate. I'm sending my son to his house after this episode, as a matter of fact. He founded the Academy of Cannabis Science and has been active in the cannabis community as a board member of the Washington Marijuana Association and Washington Cannabis Commission. In addition to other coursework at the SCC Cannabis Institute, he co-wrote the Medical Marijuana Consultant Course, the first program approved by the Washington Department of Health. He is pleased to be working with Seattle Seattle Central College and University of Nevada, Las Vegas, to develop a variety of courses to prepare the next generation of cannabis employees, inform consumers, and industry leaders. Trey has authored articles in Salon.com, Out Magazine, Men's Health, and in the RX section of the French Toast. Put your hands together. And make sure you stick with us until the end. Help me welcome my good friend, Trey Reckling. How's it going, Trey? Hey, Sonia. How you doing? Thanks for having us today. I'm so excited to have you. Really super honored. You guys are, you guys are doing some incredible things and, and no short of amazing. I'm amazing. I can't wait to share. I've, I've personally invaded your privacy, like gotten real deep into my research on who you are and what you're up to, but not everybody's had the pleasure to do so. So why don't you quick and dirty share a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and how you ended up in the cannabis craze. Sure thing. Um, and thanks. We, uh, I started in higher ed, and that's the space that I've been working in for years, as you, as you mentioned, and, um, and helping students to think about, you know, what are they going to do with their education? 
And um, so we moved out here five years ago to uh, to be part of this industry. And, and like a lot of people thought I needed to reinvent myself, right? And um, but then we saw what was going on for education and, and there wasn't a lot. You know, there were some homegrown efforts. And unfortunately, although the regulators and lawmakers really want to talk about laws and rules to keep the public safe, education isn't usually on the top of the list, you know, and no fault of their own new industry uh, folks. It's hard to consider everything, but that we've certainly found that was some fertile ground to help folks. It was something where I could bring skills of my own to the table, uh, recruit super faculty to work with. We, uh, we partnered with Seattle Central College, who was really brave and said, yeah, we want to take this on. We want to be the first to, to be approved by the Department of Health. Um, in our state, in Washington, that um, there's a medical consultant role. And so it's the highest level of recognized training for an individual in, the, in a rec shop. And so this is the person you would go to if you're a patient. I'm a patient as well. Um, would go and get guidance, whether you're a, a rookie patient or you're, you know, you have many years experience. So, um, so that's gone really well. We built out some continuing education to help those folks uh, keep their knowledge base strong and, and keep their certifications uh, valid. And then, uh, and now we've also started working with UNLV, our partner in Las Vegas, who is equally brave and uh, steadfast to the cause. You know, and then uh, and right now we can't announce it yet, but we're about to announce uh, there will be a major state school on the East Coast in a conservative area. They're going to we're going to be working with soon. So we will literally be uh, coast to coast soon. So we're excited about that. Man, you should be excited. What an incredible uh, I mean, I have developed I'm not from the education realm. As a matter of fact, my medical condition nearly prevented me from graduating high school period. However, I have a really deep passion for teaching and sharing, which is interesting. The student becomes the teacher. (laughs) So um, I developed something called the natural health coach certification or cannabis coach certification. And it was really challenging. It was really super tough to be able to take my years of knowledge and experience and expertise and put it into an organized format. I'm not even sure I did it well. I had to pull in you know, doctors and educators from all over the place to improve my very rough draft. Um, so now on rendition number three, I don't even feel like we're anywhere near where we could get approval um, you know, through the Department of Health or let alone the education department, you know, federal recognition of our program. So congratulations. What a massive accomplishment. What was your goal when you kickstarted this company? Like beyond the education, how did you see this making the, its biggest impact? Well, and to be clear, when I say Department of Health, that is the Washington State Department of Health. Uh, since we're still in the feudal system of cannabis and everything is 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 uh, separated by state, so it is the Washington Department of Health. But we're very pleased to to have that designation. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah, so we're excited. We uh, we've met some really passionate people, and and coming from Savannah, Georgia, which is wonderful and beautiful, but very conservative when it comes yeah. to this topic. Um, the exposure was just very limited. You know, I had to move to the West Coast and really meet a lot of patients and talk, engage with a lot of people and, and talk about their frustrations. And And I became a patient myself. I had a um, back injury and a re-injury. And the answer 
back east was my physician was happy to write me another prescription and say, hey, are you out of Vicodin? Are you out of Skelexin? Are you out of Flexoril? Um, take them in combination if you have to. And, you know, I, I don't like taking anything if I can help it. And mm-hmm. so be- when I became a patient out here, it uh, I, I really started getting it, you know, because it's easy for folks who don't have that experience to, you know, um, some people with less experience might say, well, that's just a program for people who are trying to work the system. You know, they uh-huh. just want to smoke weed legally or whatever people might say. Uh-huh. Um, but the more patients you talk to and you talk about how this has changed their quality of life, how it's in some cases saved their life, saved their well-being. Um, we had a senior dog and our dog was 14, I think, and she had a stroke, major stroke. Um, she first exhibited symptoms that we would have thought could be cannabis, right? And so we took her to the vet. I was really worried she got into some of our edibles or something. He said, no, she's had a major stroke and her brain is swollen and that's why she can't stand up. And he said, I, you know, I hate to tell you, but she's going to die if we can't do something soon. He said, uh, knowing what you do, you might have something better than I've got. He said, and I'm not allowed to tell you that. Um, but we talked about it a little bit. He said, I can't prescribe you anything. I can't tell you even what to use. But look up cannabis and inflammation. He said, it's inflammation is our enemy. And so we put her on a whole plant extract and saved her life. And she lived another two years or wow. a year and a half. Uh, she had no noticeable brain damage. And, and, you know, that's a case study of one. But it was a real personal experienced. And, and, uh, so whenever we see dogs or dog owners with people, uh, with elderly dogs, we're always talking to them about, uh, proper dosaging of CBD to help them with their, you know, their anxiety, their inflammation. In fact, we developed a course, uh, pets and cannabis that we work with a, a super veterinarian out of uh, Southern California named Dr. Tim Shu. And, uh, who's, who's, we can find, have found a better partner, but we just, like you want to tell people the good news, you know, feel like there's a lot of proselytizing to be done on this front and, um, and help people understand, you know, this is not just, um, what they call recreational cannabis. This is, this is changing people's lives. And, um, as Tommy Chong says, he's not a doctor, but you know, all cannabis use is probably medical because people use it to relax or to sleep or to just take a moment and breathe and listen to some music or talk to their spouse. And what's more medicinal than that, right? Yeah, well, it depends on the day and the subject matter as far as spousal conversations go, but I'll tell you, (laughs) we'd like to see more of those go well. (laughs) I think cannabis certainly helps. There's some subject matter, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, it's kind of part of our ritual where a lot of people will get together and have a glass of wine. My husband and I will sit and, you know, enjoy our vaporizers or, you know, smoke a joint together and cover a lot of really difficult ground when it comes to navigating a household with four kids and, you know, ex-wives and businesses and all of the logistics of life. It's such a powerful, it's been such a powerful medicine for us um, in multiple capacities, but certainly leveling the playing field and diminishing the intensity of, of some of that subject matter. Um, I'm interested to hear from you, you know, there's, there's a hundred different ways that you can approach cannabis education, um, hemp education. And right now there's, 
CBD being the number one searched, you know, term on Google right now. Um, there's a lot of, there's still a ton of misinformation or miseducation that's circulating that really makes it challenging for science or fact-based education to rise to the top. Um, you have to be in deep study to really find the sources of education or information that you can trust. Um, so I would love to hear from you what, when you were designing the program and you were putting together the curriculum, um, what were some of the challenges that you came across? Number one, designing the program itself, and then B, deciding how you were going to get it out to the world. That's a great question. We, um, it was a challenge, and the law said it would be a 20-hour program to prepare these individuals, and then the state would certify people once they had completed our course um, or, or a course that was approved like it, and um, CPR certification. And so there really wasn't much uh, to go on as far as, as what had to be. We did have an outline and a certain number of hours um, towards safety, towards history, towards um, uh, understanding cannabis as a medicine and possible contraindications and dangers, uh, challenges with substance use disorder, protecting kids and pets and that sort of thing. So we had some framework from the state that we were complied to work within, but uh, we still had a, a pretty open ticket as far as how we interpreted that. And so that was, you know, that's a blessing and a curse. That's a lot of blank page. And, um, <laughs> but, but there's so much to work with, you know, for every person that says we need more research on cannabis and we absolutely do, but we need to keep in mind that it's probably cannabis is one of the most researched plant in existence in the history of humankind. Uh -huh. You know, there might be equal numbers of study on garlic, you know, maybe on, um, on willow bark, because that's where we get aspirin, right? Or some other natural substances, but, but cannabis has a profound history and a documentation. And, and think about just through history, all the people that use it provide case studies, um, at least allegorical ones. Is that how you'd say? People that we know, you know, and, and we have an opportunity to experience and see. So um, we guaranteed the, the state and the school that everything we did would be science-based, though. So it just set us up to do a lot of reading, a lot of vetting, um, asking other professionals about which resources they felt most strongly about. Um, and then a willingness to say, hey, we don't know this yet. You know, we know this much, but and I think that's the important thing we all have to do is say, yes, we know a lot, but there's so much more to know. And we need to really open up science and allow researchers to do what researchers do and have great long-term double-blind studies and all the other scientific rigor for every other, any other product we would use, right? And so, uh, so that's where we started and that's where we try to keep it in the lines. We try not to be political about this, let the results speak for themselves, you know, um, not be too quick to jump on a bandwagon or a statistic that sounds in our favor. And at the same time, trying to calm people's fears or educate them when things like the vape crisis happen and say, hey, we don't know this yet because that was a developing story. And so, um, you know, we have enough, I think, guidance and framework to work to keep it all science-based. Uh, the challenge 
is just keeping it up to date and uh, make it, you know, helping everybody that we work with remember that this is going to be like a job in the tech sector. Things will change constantly and it's going to be on you to be a, a student of the plant and a student of the research for as long as you're going to want to do this. Or you, you know, because we're going to get outgrown and, and outpaced quickly if we don't. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that this is a really delicate time um, where we still are a self-governing industry and where we get to share the knowledge and expertise that we self-develop. And we really have to hold ourselves and each other accountable for self-empowerment, self-education, and looking beneath the surface, asking seven layers deep a clarifying question so that we actually get to the information that we're looking for. Can you walk me through from a student's perspective, what can I expect to, to get from coming to your education? Walk me through a curriculum or what kind of choices or subject matter can I select from? Okay, great question. And, and you had asked earlier about access, and I guess I didn't answer that, but everything that we do is online. Um, in our case, you know, we started focusing on the state and thinking we needed to take care of people in our state, but we found out our reach was much, much wider and people weren't just coming to us for, uh, to be a consultant, but they were patients, they were caregivers, they were people who were curious or other pioneers who wanted to be on top of things when all of this comes to their, their state. And so we've been fortunate to see students from Hawaii to South Africa. And we had a group of uh, veterinarians from New Delhi that took the class, uh, the wow. pets and cannabis class, because they said, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of access here, even though we know some of the earliest roots of cannabis are in that part of the world. Uh, it was nice to make that connection with them, and they were great to work with. So, um, so our students generally, through the online uh, tool, we work exclusively with uh, accredited universities. So in this case, our two education partners are the people who do the enrollments. You don't have to apply to the college to take a class because these are in continuing education. Students simply go to the website, uh, select a class, and then they're in a cohort like they would be with any other college class, but just online. And they'll have a cohort of students that they take the class with. We have something called uh, Saturday Sesh twice a month. And so Saturdays at noon Pacific time, we'll sit down and have a guest or we'll talk about um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of great folks from Vankst in Colorado. Yeah, I know that well. Yeah, totally. Who'd you have on? Um, boy, you're going to put me on the spot and I'm not going to. That's I'm okay. We, we're just not going to tell their names. I can only remember one of the two names. And so I don't want to below that so but yeah they were they were super so they talked to our students about getting a job in the industry what is how does your resume look different what if you have experience that predates legalization how do you do you document that or how do you address that yeah. um so just great advice help them understand how competitive it is but but how um serious the need is especially in states that are not saturated like colorado and washington um, the need for expertise. And yeah. so that's where we think we can come in. So for those students, like I said, whether they want to get a certificate as a consultant for our state, or they just want to know more, they say, you know, I might be a good candidate for medical cannabis. How do I find out more about the endocannabinoid system or endo 
the theory of endocannabinoid deficiency and how that might be related to my migraines and my Crohn's and other digestive issues that I've had. Um, you know, questions like that, we try to tease out. Um, but we do have a variety of coursework. So uh, in addition to the pets class and uh, the cannabis consultant class, we have a class about the uh, opioid epidemic in cannabis because we know a lot of people, um, we've, we've worked with a lot of people who have talked about how badly addiction has affected them or somebody in their family. So they're really curious about, you know, if, um, if they can't make the total switch, can they tamp down use of one? With the help with the help of cannabis, and so uh, we never give advice towards therapies and stuff like that. But we do talk about uh, what other people have had success with, and and help people um, to begin to have those conversations with their physician. You know, sadly, a lot of people live in a place where they feel like they can't talk to their doctor, um, or they're afraid to. So, so it's kind of nice. So we've we attract a, a broad base, um, and then we have uh, cannabis in the law. We have a, a class from uh, Dr. Beatrice Carlini from the Alcohol Drug Abuse Institute at UW at University of Washington here, who teaches a class about uh, what do we really know about research, you know, from a health perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some possible risks? What are some big questions we still have? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and then a number of other classes. I don't want to just be a uh, an advertisement, but yeah, we have a we have a nice. Uh, a nice distribution of, of knowledge. And then uh, we're working on a continuing medical education units and, um, and also working on a class that's specifically about CBD right now, because a lot of people are getting taken for a ride with substance. Oh God. Yeah. As you know, it's gross. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gross. It's, 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 it's such a gross abuse, abuse of uh, people's interest in holistic remedies. Um, it's it's frustrating to say the least. Yeah, and, and we remind them, you know, the olive oil industry had the same problem with extra virgin olive oil and people were selling knockoff product and, and people who, you know, if you're not an olive specialist, how do you really know? And the same thing goes with CBD. You can't look at a tincture and hold it up to the light and know anything more um, than you're going to know. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about Finding a good resource, finding a trusted farm, a trusted pr- processor who's doing, you know, testing in a lab. Um, but what what other kind of product do we have to do that for? So it's a, it's a heavy lift for people who, um, some of whom, are going to take that time. You know, they're, they're yeah. like, I don't have time to research everything. Just tell me what's good. And yeah, so, like um, the question I want to know is, is it going to work for me? Right. That's the one thing that they want to know. And why should I pick this solution? over another. Those are the, you know, is it going to work for me? Is it going to work better than what I'm already using? And why should I use this instead of what I'm already using? And that that's, those are the main questions. And it's, um, it can be polarizing because everyone's looking for the push button fix when it doesn't really exist. And big pharma has done a pretty good job at disguising symptoms, but has not addressed the syndrome well. And I, I know from personal experience, I spent tens of thousands of dollars and way too much time trying to figure it out with the traditional med- medical system. And it wasn't until I came in contact with a traditionally trained neurologist who had also acquired his holistic health practitioner's license and was a very skilled herbalist and started to 
work with me um, on multiple planes. And within three months of following his regimen, which included microdosing with cannabis, strain selection, you know, really teaching me about my uh, understanding what I was putting in my body and how my body was metabolizing it. And this sort of combination of things is what transformed the results. At the peak of my illness, I was 100 pounds overweight, having seizure-type episodes multiple times a day um, on seven different medications, totally depressed. Uh, and, you know, pre-accident, I was a healthy, vibrant, life, you know, ocean lifeguard, surfer, like just have, living my best life. And... Um, you know, after following his regime, I or regimen, I within three months I was off all my medications. Within six months, I had eliminated my over-the-counter anti-inflammatories. Within nine months, was celebrating celebrating losing ninety-seven pounds. Wow. So, to I'm like so deeply connected to the personal transformation and understanding the potential and possibility, but it's been challenging to say the least mm -hmm. to articulate because it's so much information that, and you don't fucking ask these questions about your food. Like why all of a sudden are we nitpicking about cannabis so much that we don't want mm -hmm. our soil to have micro metals in it? Like, give me a break guys. You're, you're eating you're eating food with Roundup in it right now as we speak. Like while we're going through the COVID crisis, right. you're currently eating processed food that was soaked in acetone. Like you're going to be fine. <laughs> so I think it's pretty interesting that we don't ask the same questions of our food industry or, you know, of our water sources, for instance. Right. Um, but I think, you know, by all means, let's use cannabis and, and hemp as an opportunity to ask the important questions about what's in it and where is it being sourced from and, and, you know, how is that affecting the outcome when we utilize the product? So I think that's my soapbox for the moment. Um, no, just, absolutely. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. I, I would love to hear your feedback on that. I was just going to dive into another question because I'm curious. No, I, I, I think you're spot on and it's, and it's no fault of the public's We're we're, we've all been trained in the Western medicine yeah. kind of way to see the thing uh -huh. and not, not to demonize that. Cause no. you know, medicine, has, that medicine has saved many, many people's lives and we're not using leeches anymore. And we're not doing some things that, that, you know, or we're questionable. Yeah. And, um, but, but, <laughs> to say the you least. Know, yeah, but just as the plant is ancient, it, it brings with it, um, without sounding too hokey, it brings with it knowledge yeah. that if we, it's not going to talk to us in a traditional way, but it, you know, some people would say it, it evolved to make sure it was precious to humans to ensure it's, it's travel and it's, it's value and everything else. And other people would say, Hey, no, it's just a plant and all plants have some value either. Uh, I agree with that too. In a positive or a negative for us. And it's just kind of understanding what value does it have for us, you know, but, um, that sounds a little hokey to people and it can sound a little hokey to people who don't have experience with it, but, uh, it is tremendous to see the changes. I mean, to hear your story and, uh, and I know you have an opportunity to speak to so many other patients and, and we do too, who say, no, you, you know, people think I'm, I'm just pot crazed, but it's really, it has changed my life. And, um, and, and they're as avid as anybody who's ever tried to get me to go to church with them on the subject. You know, they're just as passionate on the subject. 
And yeah. um, so it, it, it's nice to be part of that, even if it is early days and we have so many questions still to ask. Um, we feel blessed to be part of the system, you know, to be part of, of kind of shining a light on what we don't know and yeah. asking questions about, hey, I hear what you're saying and I've been told the same thing, but where did that information come from? Yeah. You know, and that happens a lot in the retail. We, um, in the retail space, we get, over the last year, we get to train employees to open five different retail stores in four different states. And the, the level of, of public knowledge about this plant varied greatly from, um, you know, from Council Bluffs to Salem, Oregon. It's it's a world of difference about what the public knows. So even the person standing in front of you, you know, how do you, how do you make sure they can hear what you have to say without needing to take twenty minutes of their time to explain it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that makes easy, digestible, fact based information that inspires another person to do further research, and then making sure that they have resources you know, that are trustworthy from there, um, which is what caught my attention about your guys's education. Being in this space for so long, I've had the great pleasure and curse of working with a lot of the legacy um, industry professionals, the folks who will never get the credit that they deserve Mm -hmm. for pioneering this space um, because they're not on Main Street and didn't have millions of dollars to burn at the stake, you know, in the application process. Um, However, you know, in working with them, I've learned so much about the the constitution of plant medicines, period, um, that I recognize, you know, I I recognize this movement that's starting to happen. um, And I'm a very, very big promoter of it. Um, My mom calls it self-aware care. And I think that for the, you know, for the first time in a long time, the script is flipped in the sense that Mm -hmm. like this generation is interested to find out where the holes are in the fabric that for generations we've been built to trust a system that is not necessarily holding up under the foundation or pillars that once existed in this country. Um, Not that, you know, I'm not down on the America, like I'm, I'm all about it. I'm a patriot, all the things. And I'm also willing to, you know, share in full transparency my opinion that the pillars that once held our our country together and, you know, made us so great are a little shaky and they need some fortifying right now. And I believe that this generation is curious enough and confident enough to ask those questions and then do something about it, you know, especially with how we are seeing things unfold with COVID. It's just Mm -hmm. one more layer of eye-opening, you know, opportunity here where people can really get aware about what they eat, what they think, what they say, how they conduct themselves and the results, you know, that all of those things create for them. And so I personally appreciate how you've approached your education because I can hear and feel the legacy that is behind the science. And that for me was a really nice way to bridge the gap where the opinions and the um, information can be quite polarizing on either Mm -hmm. side. So I think you guys did a really good job there sort of bridging that gap. 
Oh, and thanks. And, and we, we owe it to the people who came before us. I mean, they didn't have, we only have these opportunities because they stood up and took risks and many people went to jail and, and they were willing to teach somebody else how to grow and say, hey, look, you don't do it this way, you do it this way. And that's part of our, you know, that's the ancient, that's the how we transmitted knowledge for generations um, is to teach somebody else. So, mm-hmm. um you know, we're grateful for those patients in the 80s in California who said, no, we, those AIDS patients and cancer patients who said, no, this is saving our lives. You need to pay attention. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and so, back back. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, you know, to have people who've come before us, that's all part of, part of the knowledge too. We know all the learning won't come out of a research paper and there's so much to be shared that is stuff that our great grandmothers knew that they would have taught us if we hadn't had an information blackout and, and multi-billion dollar propaganda machine against against this one plant, right? Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, so what's next for you guys? And, and actually, let me let me ask you a different question because one of the things that I that also really got me excited about interviewing you was I talk about three ways to be involved with this industry. And we have a lot of budding entrepreneurs and a lot of um, established business owners who are coming into this space right now or who have been operating in this space and have come up against some pretty unique challenges. But there's, there's really three ways for one to participate here. Number one is getting a job, which may or may not require you to develop new skill sets in order to be you know, a value add to any one company. The second way to be involved is to, you know, tailor your existing business or skill sets or certifications to serve this new industry. Again, may require you to, to, or may require you to get new skill sets so that you can become relevant and trusted in the space. We have some unique nuances that govern how we conduct ourselves here. And then finally is to start your own business. Now, it seems that people would ascend up like this, like I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to apply my skill sets and then I'm going to start my own business. However, I'm finding that most people are coming in here wanting to work from the top down. They want to start their own business and they want everything to happen overnight. Um, you have done an excellent job of using an existing skill set and obviously passion. You've been in teaching and education for you know 15, 20 years now, and you have applied a value add. You've solved a unique problem in this industry and are continuing to do so on a larger and larger, more impactful scale. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm certain that your road was not, you know, without it's rivets and dips in it. Why don't you share one or two of the key challenges that you, that you, maybe one challenge from the past when getting started and then another challenge that perhaps is preventing you or bottlenecking you from making the impact um, or even ge- potentially generating the revenue that you want to. Sure. And, and you're right. It's, it's um, a lot of people do, you know, they, they want to, that picture maybe on the front of a magazine standing next to a sports car saying, you know, I was the one that started Company X, and, and that's never been a goal of ours. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, it's just not. Um, we see the value in, in what we're sharing. We want to help a lot of people, light a lot of small fires, um, because there's so many educators needed, and there's so many allies needed. And so uh, either you, you can, we can gain those allies by teaching them something that excites them or teaching them something that, that directly impacts them 
or teaching them a skill, like you said, to help them stitch into an industry they're already part of. So for instance, um, we have people coming to us who are graphic designers, who are insurance salespeople, who are veterinarians, like I mentioned, who are multimedia people who say, look, I'm really freaking good at what I do, but I don't know anything about cannabis. And we say, look, take the time to respect the industry enough to get some knowledge. And, and we want to teach you about history, about propaganda, about the misinformation. And we want to teach you about what we know and what we don't know. We want to teach you about how this is helping people. And then all these other questions, we still have answers that we want. And, uh, and so you can be on the lookout and you can share some of this knowledge with your spouse or your grandma or your pastor or whoever that might be. Um, yeah, we do. Um, we've been really, we've been really lucky um, as far as support. We try to keep it in the lines and and only say things that we can verify. Uh, we don't take a. We're definitely cannabis advocates, but when it comes to teaching in the universities, we have to make sure that we're not. It doesn't appear that we are trying to recruit new users, right? Totally. And, yeah. And so, uh, in fact, at, at UNLV. Um, somebody came to the president's office and said, "Hey, what is this? I heard this this company was in on. We were fortunate enough to be on NPR, and and they heard the coverage, and they say we didn't know you were teaching cannabis classes, and kind of put them on the spot. and And the president put her foot down, and she said, "We are," and and she's very polite, but she said, uh, "We're preparing professionals for careers in a legal industry, and they need our help, and we're going to do a." just like we're a top tier research institution, we're going to do this just like that. And so she took the time to share what we were doing to be reasonable, to say, hey, look, this is why we're doing it. This is not just for, uh, this is not a, a hype class. This is not a, a flash in the pan, but this is really create, helping to create the foundation of, of a knowledge base people need. And so when uh, when folks get it, I think they get it. And so we want to be patient enough to understand you know, maybe we can just light a small fire today. We can help you understand, oh, well, CBD is, is what one of over a hundred cannabinoids in the plant. Yeah. And really we only talk about THC, CBD, and maybe CBG, CBN, but maybe the acid forms if we're lucky, but, you know, outside of maybe 10 cannabinoids, what do we know or talk about the rest of the 90? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes it's just helping people understand, no, this is just one component of the plant that may be beneficial to you. And and what does entourage effect mean? You know, mm-hmm. what does it mean that a whole plant, you know, a, a tincture from the whole plant might even be more beneficial to you? So when we can have those moments, um, that's really exciting to us, you know, mm-hmm. because they know we, they're not going to learn everything from us. Um it should be a mix of us and what they've found out and what they've cleaned on their own experience. And but we're we're glad to be part of of that one leg of the stool, so to speak, uh, when we can. Um, we're continuing to build coursework, like I said, and and uh, happy to have our, our new partner that we'll announce um, on the East Coast. And that'll be uh, that will definitely be a nice small fire in a very conservative part of the country, um, where this information I think will be. Uh, really um i think it'd be there is definitely a demand for it and um and i think we'll we'll get more interest you know from folks who want to know more yes i love it um and 
I guess finally the 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 final thing that I want to ask you, and I, I give um, all of my incredible change makers an opportunity to share this because each one of us are coming in from our own facet of the industry, and there are certain aspects of this despite how it may appear, uh, that I just know nothing about. And so I love these conversations because I get to learn something myself. Selfishly, I started this as a self-education course and decided to let everybody else in on it. Um, But, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, knowing what you know now, um, having come from such a conservative background and accomplishing such incredible or reaching such incredible milestones, um, what would be one or two key pieces of advice that you could offer a budding entrepreneur or even established business owner as they're looking to, um, you know, truly make an impact in this space? What would be uh, one or two key pieces of advice that you could share for them um, as they're getting started here? Um, I think you you um, acknowledge one of them is being aware of the folks that came before you, uh, being aware of the wealth of information from whether it's uh, growers or patients or advocates, um, people who are who know how to work with the legislature in your area, you know, people who know how to tell the story. Um, those people who have brought us here, being aware of them and and holding them up and appreciating them for what they do. Um, I would say never lose track of the, the, the fact that there are people in jail right now for nonviolent cannabis offenses who did the same thing that other people are profiting off of right now. And they're still sitting in jail. And, and some of our municipalities have released people. Some have even uh, expunged the records of tens of thousands, but it doesn't begin to touch the the depth of, of negative impact this has had to families. So um, especially to families of color. And so we want people uh-huh. to understand, look, this is one this is one industry that we've had in the modern age that it's it's new. And so uh-huh. people of color and women and anybody else who hasn't had that that equal shot at things in the past should be able to line up with everybody else. And have, you know, money is the thing that keeps us apart sometimes, right? And, and yeah. so, um, like you said, I we didn't have millions of dollars to drop into a, a brand, and um, and and we don't think that's necessary. Um, but we do think it's important that you lean on, understand tradition, understand mm-hmm. the the folks that brought us here, and then really have a good grasp of of what it means to work in this industry. Like, what is the science behind this? Um, you know, the folks out of Florida that that want to say that we're, uh, that, you know, demonize us and call us cannabis 2.0 and um, the uh, smart approaches to marijuana. Um, folks, Sam, you know, they're, if you don't know who Sam is, look them up because they're the modern day propagandists of our time. And, uh, and they'll take a fact and they'll twist it in a way that, that makes this sound terrifying that we would ever consider to legalize cannabis for medical or any other use. And so, uh, you know, they've softened a bit, but they still are, are staunch, staunch, um, staunchly stand opposed. And so understand um, we don't ever want to live up to their expectations. You know, as, a, as an industry, we have a responsibility to, to, to be honest, to be transparent, to help people know where we don't know better information. Um, and sometimes like with the vaping crisis, we get people get ahead of themselves and don't we haven't used chemicals for, we haven't had vaporizers, but for a little bit of time in our human history. 
So, yeah. um, you know, so being honest and transparent about the risks and what you can really um, promise folks, but, but we have to be above the fray. So that, that was more than three points. I'm sorry. But, um, <laughs> but we think, we think all those things are important and, you know, we just hope that, that folks are in this for the right reason. We can never control that, but we're hope that they're in it to help folks, to bring people up, to, uh, to change the dialogue on, on what so for so many years it was just bad information about cannabis or marijuana, whatever you choose to call it. Mm-hmm. Well, those are some excellent words of wisdom and in a lot of cases are right up the alley of what I tend to advise, um, you know, with folks. And at the end of the day, what I hear you saying is how you do one thing is how you do everything. And you don't necessarily have to, you know, have a million dollars to make it happen. You know, there are probably 5,000 different ways for you to participate in this growing industry in any industry, really. Um, and you just have to do kind of a self-check assessment and, decide, and, and determine what your path is going to be. Number one, do you have the skill sets to be able to bring value to an existing brand or business? And is that the way that you feel most passionate to participate in this industry? Second is, do you have a set of skill sets that will bring value to the industry and perhaps not just a brand inside of the industry? But if you have a unique skill set to bring into the industry, then you could perhaps start to tailor those skill sets to serve this space. And then finally, as a business owner, if you're considering starting your own company, you have to self-assess and check what are my resources, my financial resources? What kind of business do I want to start? What, what is my business? What problem is my business going to solve for what demographic? And once you really understand that, it'll be easy for you to determine whether or not you want to bet the bank on starting your own business here, or if you want to apply your existing skill sets or passion to an existing brand. And there's no shame in that game, by the way. No one's going to say you didn't get involved with the green rush if you don't start your own business. Trust me when I say there's plenty of brands and businesses out there who need someone just like you who's passion and results-oriented and wants to come in there and make a difference. And that, in turn, helps to elevate the impact and build the income that's potent that you know, this industry carries the potential for, but it's certainly not all green pastures. And you really have to have a clear plan um, of execution here and excellent team and a really clear grasp on what resources you have in the way of time and money and expertise to be able to apply here if you want to be successful. Those are my piggyback words of wisdom Uh, for you, my friend. Those are great. And, And transferable skills, you can't say enough. You know, we the industry is new and we need infrastructure of all types. And we have people who are running businesses because they thought they had to be the boss and they had to start a business, but they don't have business experience maybe. And so we need your transferable skills, folks out there who have industry experience somewhere else, whether it, it could be anything, culinary yeah. skills, food really? science, marketing, you name it. So, uh, so that, I think that's great advice. And, uh, and so, so you got it down. We, yeah, we just hope that, um, and you know, we also encourage folks to, to learn on somebody else's dime. You know, if you think you want to be in the yeah. retail space, go work as a butt tender for a while, even though you think you're, you've out, outgrown an entry-level position, go be a butt tender. 
you know, because at, and, and we can't assume that 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 model is always going to exist either. What Whole Foods has already said when it's legal, they're willing to consider selling cannabis in their stores. What becomes of the butt tender then? So uh, in the meantime, we have to, you know, retail people have to make themselves valuable and under, help everybody understand um, the value in them being there. Right. One thing we know for sure, Jeff Bezos ain't no fool. That's right. <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna get it if there's a profit in it. He is gonna sell that weed like nobody's ever sold no weed before. <laughs> he's, for gonna, sure. he's gonna be like, y'all want that weed? We got drones for you. So <laughs> yeah, right. In time, in time, and, yeah, all in time. Um, well, listen, I'm so grateful to you for spending your time with me today. What an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Where can folks find you if they're interested in finding out more about what you do, or even potentially taking one of your courses? Cool. Thank you, Sonia. And this it's been an honor to be on your program and to get to know you better. And I hope we get it's the beginning of uh, many more conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. We are we're located online at um, academyofcannabisscience.com. And, um, and you'll find, like I said, folks can register directly through our page. We'll link to our academic partners and uh, where they can become, uh, they can sign up today. And especially folks that are feel themselves on lockdown and tired of streaming online. We hope, you know, for some people, this is just going to be a nice little break and, and we can build on some of their skills while they have this unanticipated uh, unanticipated uh, hiatus from their normal work day, but yeah, we we welcome <laughs> from their normal who, routines. Yeah, and and we know you know not to make light. We know this is serious times, um, but you know don't panic, stay healthy, and uh, and do pay attention to what our health health professionals are saying about cannabis as it relates to COVID. We know that that smoking can lead to more bronchial problems. And this, the thing you need to be is, is, is absolutely not compromised in any way when it comes to your breathing health with this virus. We know that. So, uh, so pay attention to, to good advice you have out there from healthcare professionals. I am not one, so I'm not going to venture past that. We are your beacons of hope and light to let you know that this too shall pass. Be well and stay well. Um, Trey, thank you again and super honored to have you guys on the show. Um, For those of you guys who are tuning in, make sure that you check out all of the websites and social media handles, which will be located around this episode here. Check out our honorable mentions as well as the blog and the transcription from today's interview and make sure to like and share the content that you guys are consuming right here. Because every time, let me just give you guys some perspective. Every time that you like and share, you are quite literally helping us move the needle for global legalization and patient safe rights to access. Because you like and share content just like this episode today, we've been able to impact over 200 million people's lives in the last three years. And if you think about that for a moment, that's nearly a country in a lot of cases. So I want to continue to encourage you to take small actions, sharing content, liking content like this, and of course, tagging folks that you believe this content will make a difference for. Uh, If you're someone looking for products or information that is easy to digest and will actually deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for some of our top picks. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or business owner in this space and you're looking to break through some glass ceilings or brick walls or perhaps just want to share your story, shoot me an email, sonia at medicalsecrets.com, and I'll be excited to connect. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution, and we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live. <laughs>